I go to confession, I don't offer God small sins, petty squabbles, jealousies. I offer him sins worth forgiving. Gregory Rasputin. Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and today we're going to be delving into a period of Russian history that I really haven't covered, specifically looking at one man who, shockingly, had a greater influence on the empire at the time that he lived than anyone, with probably the exception of Catherine the Great and Peter the Great. Let's learn a little bit about the mad monk, Gregory Rasputin. Rasputin's impact on every facet of court life just prior to the Russian Revolution cannot be overstated. He was a political, military, religious, medical, and mystical advisor to the royal family. And this was particularly true of Alexandra, who firmly believed Rasputin was the only man alive who could keep her hemophiliac son, Alexei, from dying. Rasputin was an enigma, a heavy drinker and petty thief in his youth. He experienced a dubious religious conversion that led him to become a wandering mystic. This eventually led him to the court of the Romanovs. Now, both during his life and in the century since his murder at the hands of nobles alarmed by his influence over the Tsar and Tsarina, outlandish myths have grown up around Rasputin. In death, he has become even more ominous a figure than he was in life. But so much of what we think we know about him is simply not true. So let's debunk four crazy myths about Rasputin. Myth number one, he was a monk. Now, I realize that I just called him the Mad Monk at the start of this episode, as many called him even during his lifetime. But in reality, Rasputin was never officially ordained either as a monk or a priest of the Russian Orthodox Church. He did live like a monk much of the time, especially following his conversion when he went on numerous pilgrimages. But he just as easily threw off the vows of poverty and chastity monks are bound by when it suited him. Myth number two, and this is a very common one, is that he had an affair with Empress Alexandra. Now this myth was one almost certainly concocted by his political enemies, jealous at the heights he had risen to with the royal family. And it's a crazy one for numerous reasons, not the least being the fact that Nicholas and Alexandra actually loved each other, not a common trait for royal couples at any point in history. Alexandra was also a granddaughter of England's Queen Victoria, and held all of the morals and ethics of the Victorian age. Finally, for his part, Rasputin would not have been stupid enough to even consider such a relationship with the Tsarina had she showed an interest in one. He knew that had he engaged in an illicit affair, word would certainly have reached Nicholas, and more than just losing his favorite position, his death would have been swift and painful. Myth number three. He healed Tsarevich Alexei's hemophilia. Long before he made his way to the royal court, Rasputin's reputation as a faith healer was widespread. 
This is what brought him to the Zarina's attention in the first place. Like almost all faith healers throughout history, however, and I'm saying almost simply because unexplainable things do happen, Rasputin's so-called cures were a mixture of coincidence, common sense, and sheer luck. In the case of Alexei, some medical historians believe it was his counsel to stop giving the boy aspirin, which today is known as a blood thinner, that helped stop the first bleeding episode he treated. It's unlikely he had any clue that the aspirin was worsening the situation. He probably just thought he was replacing medication with prayer. This time, and on a few other occasions, it did work, and Alexandra became certain that only he, only he could keep the heir to the throne alive. Myth number four, Rasputin was nearly impossible to kill. Given that so many near mythical characteristics were attributed to Rasputin during his life, it's no surprise that the same would be said about his death. Multiple reports claim that on December 30th, 1916, after being given enough poison to kill a small army, he miraculously resurrected and attacked his assailant, at which point he was shot repeatedly, and then, when even that wouldn't kill him, he was thrown into the freezing Neva River, where he finally drowned. The official autopsy is much more mundane, if no less bloody. It found that Rasputin had been shot three times, including once in the forehead, and that he was already dead when his body was thrown into the Neva. Now there are many more myths about Rasputin, some so outlandish they don't even deserve a response. These four have remained the most persistent over the past century, and thus are in most need of correction. The next time you hear them, you can battle them with facts. That's our episode for today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you found it both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. Thanks a lot.